0: Thank you for tuning into this teaching. We hope this message blesses you. Our mission as Marigold Church is to do anything and everything so that anyone and everyone can encounter the real Jesus. We hope as you listen to this, you encounter the real Jesus. Let him transform your mind, transform your heart, and encounter you today.
1: We've been talking about love in, uh, in the true context and the true kind of biblical framework of love. And and we're focusing on on four aspects of this love and just four actions of this love. And we 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 come from this in uh, in Ephesians chapter three verses 17 through 19. It says that you being rooted and grounded in love, this is Paul the apostle speaking. He's He's writing this letter to the city of Ephesus. It's the second largest city in the world at the time. Imagine, a, it's its hard for us to kind of think back, but just try. There's no trucks, no cargo trains. There's, there's no airplanes. There's no trans, mass transit type thing um, to bring, you know, in the city, when we live in the city, everything comes from out in the countryside. In right, our food, you know, the, whether it's 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 livestock, it's whatever, it, it comes from, from a, a great distance. There's two hundred and fifty thousand people in this city, and and so that's it's that's massive for the time. So this is a huge city; it would be like the equivalent of like a city of millions today, right? And so this is a big city. He's writing to the faithful. And his and his big thing or his like the main point is that we'd be rooted and grounded in love. He could have said anything else, but he hones in on this love. And then we see this repeated in scripture, love. You know, there's faith, there's hope, there's love. The greatest is love. So we see this in in is as the basis. Verse 18, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length, and height, and depth. It's talking about the four dimensions of this thing, love, that he's mentioning. And it says, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge. So to know it beyond knowledge, and this is to experience it, to have, to have an intimate uh, or an intimacy with this love, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Well, I thank you, Father, for everyone that's uh, here today, and I thank you, Lord God, for every household represented in Jesus' name. There's four actions of love in this height, width, or breadth, length, depth, height. And we've talked about three of them love gives, love guards, and love corrects. I was trying I wasn't sure how this was going to time. I wanted to try to get them all four in before Valentine's Day, but I didn't want to end with love corrects right before Valentine's Day cuz then it'd be kind of weird like, "Look, honey, I got you a basket full of correction cuz I love you so much." So, we'll we'll end on an on an uptick. We'll end with love Inspires. We're talking about the height of love, right? And what does inspire mean? Inspire is the, the true definition. Inspire is to breathe into. It's to breathe in, and and we see this in the in the height, the, the height of love. And this, and you've heard, you know, you're being uplifted. There, you know, there's something you, when you when you're when you're inspired. You're up. Your your chest is out. Your head is up. There's something about it. Or you've heard of someone, someone who's who's somewhat of an inspiring person, or if you or you're around someone, or maybe every time you're around this person, you feel inspired. You, maybe you might say to them, you know, they're, this person is a is a breath of fresh air, right? It's just when they walk in the room, it's it's just nice, all right. On the opposite, you may have someone that walks in and sucks the life out of the room, all right. That is not inspiring. That is expiring, I guess. Or if you've ever been in a situation where you've had the, you know, maybe you've gone through something and and it feels like you've had the the wind knocked out of you, right? That's just, that's an expire, right? An expiration. And so when we talk about love, we're talking about a a love of action or an action-based love. It's called agape love. And there's other words that we, we have one word in the english called love right love it's the four-letter word that covers everything but in the greek it's not so this agape love is 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 a different kind of love and there's other kinds of love one of the the loves is called epithumia epithumia and that is a, a love to avoid it's it's basically a lust it's it's a desire for the thing that's forbidden it's the one thing that you can't have makes you want it, right? If, if, have you ever been on a diet and then they say, hey, these are the things that you can't have. Even if you've never eaten those things before, those are the things that you're craving, right? It's like, oh, I just have to have it. I've never wanted it, but because I can't have it, I want it. That's epithumia. That's a, a love to avoid. Then we have eros. Eros that is a love of attraction and it's mostly used as a as a sexual love. And it's very uh, it's it's you know the, the kind of a rom- romantic thing, but it's but it's also very kind of you have no control over this one as far as uh, you don't, you don't control what you lust after. You don't wake up in the morning and like, you know what, I think I'm gonna have an affair with this person today. It's just, it's one of those things that you can let go of and not rein in, but no one really just says like, hey, you know what, I think I'm gonna go after this thing. I'm gonna have, I'm, it's gonna start with this epithumia, but my eros, this thing that I'm going to lust after, it's, it's very, it's compulsive. It's compulsive. And that's why when we walk, we have to walk in our, in our in self-control, which is why that's one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. But eros, it's a love of attraction. So we have epithumia, which is a love to avoid. And then eros, a love of attraction. You're attracted to something. And then you have storge. Storge is, is a love of affection. And it's like a family bond. It's a love between parents and children it's instinctual. It's a love between even uh, friends. You just you have an affection towards these these people. You have an affection. You you can even have this affection with with animals. I have a love for my animals. My I have two dogs and I and I have this this uh, storge for them. They're they're especially one is super affectionate and then the other is just a pain in the neck, which I. I guess I love that about him, too, because I wouldn't change that about him. The next thing is phileo, phileo, and that is a love of approval, and that's usually what we'll, what we'll say for friendship, because your friends, you approve of them. There, there's, a, there's an attraction there, and those, you're, you're more connected in mind. You, you, you're, you're around these people because you, you think similarly. You you think about things. You you enjoy the same kind of things. You like the same kind of music. You're just, there's that attraction because your minds are more hooked up, right? That's that phileo, phileo. And then you have agape. Agape is the love of action. This is completely heart-based. It's completely heart-based. This is the love that God says to love your enemies with because this is the only love that can be commanded of you. The others are more instinctual or they're just kind of erratic in nature, but this one is the one you choose. I choose to love you. I choose to act on this. This is a love of action. It's not affectionate. You don't have to be affectionate for those who don't have your best interests in mind, but you do have to love them. You have to act in a manner of love. So when we talk about love, when we talk about these aspects of love, love gives, love guards, love corrects, love inspires, these are all actions. They're all actions. And they work towards your friends, they work towards your family, and it works towards your enemies. That's how we know that this love is is agape love. What we are not talking about is a thing which is very popular right now, which is this idea of love is love. Have you heard this? It's a whole movement. Love is love, right? Love is love. And the meaning of love is love is romantic love between any two individuals is equally valid and beautiful. Well, 25, 30 years ago, that would mean same sex marriage right like hey it's it's fine it love is love and if if you have these feelings it's beautiful but it, it then it, it it never stops right it never stops there so you know if I, you know if i want to have uh, relations with my dog and call it love well then that's beautiful i if i want to have relations with a, a a an underage child well who's to say That should be beautiful. That should be. We know that's not true. We know that that's not true. That's not grounded in truth. I wanted to go into this because this is the number one thing that is talked about when it comes to love. Is this is it it goes back into this eros love, this passion love this, this uh, attraction and this this uh, romanticizing of love. And that is not the, the biblical love. When we talk about love, it's important that we understand what the Bible's talking about when it talks to love. There are so many preachings and so many teachings that have come from the pulpit of the church that have been made in either ignorance or just complete error Because of not understanding love. The number one verse used for love is what? John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Right? For God so loved the world that he gave. What we failed to understand in that verse is the word loved (laughs) Loved, past tense, and gave, past tense. It's talking about an action that occurred, not an affection. God is not affectionate for sinful people. He's not, I just want to cuddle with you. We are his enemy. When he died on the cross for us, we were his enemy to and through. He died for the world who is his enemy. The word loved is past tense and the word gave is past tense because he's talking about a past action, right? For, and what he's talking about what happened on the cross. That was the action of love that we were able to be go from enemy to sons and daughters. He, he, he did this for us while we were enemies. That is the kind of love. This is not an affectionate love. This is not, man, I just love you, Paul, because you're so cute. And when you sin, <laughs> that's not it. It's, there's nothing cute about my sin. My sin, remember, because my sin is not against you. My sin is always against him. How is my sin against him? It may affect you. And if the closer you are to me, the more my sin would affect you. But the sin itself is not against you. I'm not going against you because you're you're not the one who created the the commandments. You're not the one who gave me directives. I'm going directly and strictly against God. So I sin first and foremost against God. My actions will affect others but they will definitely be against God. Now, there's two things, and I, I, don't, I don't know that these verses are going to be up there. I don't, I don't think I put them in there. But there's two main things that I kept coming on, on in my study of this, right? Because And let me just kind of give you an insight on, on how I study. I typically have an idea of what I already believe. Right. I've, and, and, and so I, I have this and I try to I do my best. I, I take this. OK, this is what Paul believes. And I set it right here. OK, but then I want to go and I want to find everything that can support that. But I also go and find everything that I can find that's completely counter to that. Then I measure that against what has historically been taught by the church, right? But historically, when I talk about the church, I'm talking about the, 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 the apostles from the beginning and the, the first 100 years of the church. That's the historical church, okay? Not the 2022 church, the 21st century church. I want to know what was taught 2,000 years ago, okay? So Because that is, that is our basis for our teaching, the, there's two stories that came super heavy in, in the idea of love is love. And that is, the, that is a big thing being taught today, okay? Number, the first one was this. Ruth loved Naomi as Adam loved Eve. Have you, have you heard of, of Ruth and Naomi? Ruth, of course, um, was uh, the, 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 the daughter-in-law of Naomi. And Naomi is, is, is going forward. They've lost all their husbands, and they've moved on. And in Ruth chapter 1, verse 14, which is... Uh, uh, it will, I'll go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, and it talks about Adam and Eve. It says, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. In verse 25, And the man and his wife were both naked, and we're not ashamed. That will be paralleled with something that is, and it's completely misconstrued to get there. It's Ruth chapter 1, verse 14. And they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpa kissed her mother-in-law, Naomi. But Ruth clung to her. She was not clinging to her sexually. She was clinging to her in loyalty. Loyalty, right? Because this is that is an aspect of love, is loyalty. I'm going to follow you. I'm giving up my will and my people to be with you and your people. Okay? We're talking about an action, right? The action is the same. That Adam and Eve, they clung to each other in action. But that's, that's not what he was talking about in Genesis. It's talking about a sexual coming together. And this one is actually a, this this action of love, of, of this of agape love. The other, which is probably the most popular of the two, is this uh, of when it comes to love. Uh, love is love. Is this David loved Jonathan more than women? And the and that comes from Second Samuel, 1:26. And he says this, I am distressed for you, my brother Jonathan. You have been very pleasant to me. Your love to me was more wonderful than the love of women. Again, we in English, we just see love and that's like, whoa, what's going on there? Because we have one word love for all these definitions. This word love. Is, when we take it in its context is an action word. it's an action word. It is not sexual in nature. it is action in nature, right there, there's an action going on and it's and he's what he's saying now if you understand David is writing this and you see the crazy women that were in David's life, all of which he chose, mind you, you're going to see, well, yeah, Jonathan's love was a lot better than those crazy women in his life, right? Every time David would go to worship God, there was his wife, one of his wives, coming complaining, putting him down. He, look at this guy making a fool of himself. There was ne- but Jonathan was always there encouraging. And so this idea of love is love, let's not get caught up in that. When when we talk about love in the biblical context, we are talking about an action. We are talking about an action. And and we don't want to get those confused because there is a lot of teaching, even in some churches, that is this idea of, well, 2,000 years ago, love meant something else. We've progressed past that and now we're... It's, it's so much more modern and inclusive, and, and um, that's, it's just not true. The, the other fallacy is that the church is supposed to be all-inclusive. Let me tell you this. The church is not supposed to be all-inclusive. We exclude everything that is not of God. That is what it should be. Okay? Okay. We won't now. We exclude based off of um, acts of the heart, not external features. Right? If your hair is a certain color, if you're a certain height, a certain weight, those are things that you know are certain color. What I don't know. Whatever. Whatever the thing is, those those are not the exclusion f- factors. If you're trying to bring your sin into the church, we are going to kick your sin out. And if you want to go with it, you can. That's the exclusive nature of the church, okay? And so just want to understand that. Now, David inspired himself, and that is something that you and I can do. In Psalm 43, verse 5, in the NIV, it says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? There, there, when I was in, uh, oh my gosh, I was in middle school, and every now and then the worship leader would, cause you know, he had a full time job and he traveled, and he would not be able to be here. So my uncle would pull out a cassette tape. Cassette. Do y'all know what those are? Have you seen those in at the swap meet or, or no? I know you haven't seen them in the store. Maybe maybe you're you were rummaging through your parents' attic and you found one. But it's it's this. Thing and it's kind of like a, a miniature reel-to-reel type thing in that you cassette. It's a cassette, and uh, and man, I'm thinking like, wow, that's so outdated because CDs are outdated, and this came around before CDs. Oh my gosh, I'm old, and so anyway, so he used to put in this cassette, and it had like the songs, and and it would sing, and he would just sing along with the song. I'm so glad we, if Marcus ever had to like be in an emergency, we may have to pull out the old cassette deck and I might have to do something similar. I pray that that never happens. I pray that never happens. But there was this one song that he would put on and it it went something like this. Uh, why so downcast? Oh, my soul, put your hope in God. But yeah, all right. Yeah. And I just remember repeating that like 20 times, but it was, it's an old song. You can look it up if you're ever, no, you probably don't want to look it up. But it's anyway, it's about this verse and it's David and he's talking to himself. He's talking to his own soul. He's saying, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed in me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my savior and my God. He was talking to himself let me ask you. We all want to do this. How many of you love being around people that are that are inspiring? You, you, you know, I know Jen. Sometimes her work can be real heavy and, and stuff like that. And so she just likes to get on the phone and like, hey, I just, you know, I just want, I just want to hear your voice. And, and then she gets off and she's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like y'all are wearing me out just listening to y'all's conversation. And 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 she comes out and she's inspired. Like she's just, I love being around people that are. And I'm like, oh y'all are y'all just wearing me out. And and it's just, and and so, but I, I try to encourage her from time, like you know, you you can like you don't have to call someone else sometimes. Sometimes you can just call you. Like, hey, Paul, snap out of it, dude. It's good. We're going to be good. Hey, let's look at this. And sometimes some, we just need to talk to ourselves. And, and David did this. My favorite, there's, I guess, I'll be honest with you. This was the hardest teaching that I've had to do in this one, not just today's, not the whole series, because I don't think I'm very inspiring if I'm, if I'm just honest. I, I'm the giving. You, want, you need something? I'll, okay, let's, let's try to work something out. You need me to guard you? All right, I'm there. I'm guarding, okay? Correcting? Man, all day long, okay? Um, that's like, man, that's like my favorite. And uh, it's the inspiring one that's the hardest one. That is the hardest one for me. But what happens is if, and, and we all have this, which is why, we're and when it comes to raising kids, we're, we're not meant to do it alone, right? We have a husband and a wife, a, a mother and a father. We're never not, because one can't do it all. And, and you you know, and sometimes it's, it's the woman is more inspiring. Sometimes it's, it's the man more correcting or vice versa. But you, you, ha- you have this idea of like, okay, one comes in. So Jen and I have this thing. I like to be the corrector because it's my strong suit. Like, right, Brandon? yes. And so, and so and sit up straight and talk. What are you doing? Okay, and just, that's just, it's just second nature. It's just what I do, like, you know, and so I go in and then, so that's my job. I just go in there and I just tear the place up, right? And so that's, that's what happened. And so like when you're getting ready to build anything, in order for it to have the right foundation, what do you do? You gotta go in there. You gotta, you gotta tear out all the ground, all right? The ground is not ready for this building. You can't just go put a 10-story building on the existing ground. What do you, you gotta dig. That's the correcting. You gotta dig all this junk out of there. However, if you try to build something, you're gonna build something in a ditch. It's gonna be in a pit. So then you have to infill it, not my strong suit, okay? I'm trying to work on it. I'm, Jen is always saying, can't you just be sweet? I thought I was being sweet. No, you weren't. You were still correcting. I'm, so I'm trying. I'm trying to be sweet, and I'm trying to talk soft, and it, it's not. It's, I feel like a fool doing it, to be honest with you. I'm like, I feel like such a woman. <laughs> I know. It's so horrible. It's a horrible thing to say. But I just feel, it just feels really weird. It feels effeminate to go in there and like pat you on the back. Hey, bud. I don't know. It's just not me. I'm working on it, though. I'm working on it. I just, I, I did not have that growing up. I got to snap out of it. Yeah, yeah, get in there. My favorite story of in, inspiration, I guess you can call it, this breathing of life and I'm sure you've, you've heard of it or, or read it, is where Jesus breathes life into Peter. Now, let me set this up for you. This is after Peter, I mean, uh, after Jesus has already died on the cross, he's resurrected. Peter has denied Jesus blatantly, publicly, emphatically, even to a 12-year-old girl. He won't even fess up that he knows Jesus to a 12-year-old girl. At that time, 12-year-old girl may as well have been just a a stray animal in in the context of what it was like. This doesn't matter. Women were secondary. Kids were secondary to the secondary. Just, Just, And yet... He's like, I, I, can't even, I won't even admit it. I'm going to emphatically deny it. So he denies Christ publicly, emphatically, even knowing him. I'm not even from the same area as this guy. And so Peter goes and he says, I'm going back to fishing. I'm going back to fishing. I, 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 I'm done with this whole thing. I, I, I'm, I'm re, I've, I've disqualified myself. And yet Jesus, he dies, and he's resurrected, and he comes. Peter's out there with some of the other disciples, and they're fishing. And it says this, after these things, this is John 21, verse 1 through 17. After these things, Jesus manifested himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And he manifested himself in this way. Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathanael of Cain of Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we will also come with you. They went out and got into the boat. And that night they caught nothing. But when the day was now breaking, Jesus stood on the beach, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. So Jesus said to them, children, you do not have any fish, do you? A better translation is, hey, boys, y'all ain't caught nothing yet. They answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find a catch so they cast and then they were not able to haul it in because of the great number of fish therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter it is the lord so when peter so, so when simon peter heard that it was the lord he put his outer garment on for he for he was stripped for work and threw himself into the sea but the other disciples came in On the little on the little boat, for they were not far from the land, but about a 100 yards away, dragging the net full of fish. So when they got out on the land, they saw a charcoal fire already laid and fish placed on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have now caught. And Simon Peter went up and drew to the net to the land full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come, have breakfast. None of the disciples ventured to question him. Who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and the fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus was manifested to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to them, he said to him, tend my lambs. And he said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, shepherd my sheep. And he said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. There was nothing flattering. When we think so many times of being inspired, we think of being flattered, someone telling you how great you are, how wonderful you are, all the great attributes and aspects and whether they mean them or not, you're left to kind of wonder But Peter denied Jesus three times emphatically, publicly. And yet Jesus comes to Peter. And says, Peter, do you love me? And he asked him three times and and for every time Peter said, yes, it was as if it was covering one of those denials. For every time he said no, no. To Jesus in his time of need, Jesus gave him an opportunity to say yes. So he says, yes, I love you. Yes, I love you. Yes, I love you. And he gives him three things to do. Three actions. So many times when we think of inspiration, we're thinking of of this grandeur moment, of this Epiphany, Maybe the, a light going off or maybe you're just being lifted to a whole nother level. But sometimes we need to take inspiration that we're just having life breathed into us right where we're at to keep going. You see, Peter had gone back to what he used to do. He said, you know what? This, this, this whole Jesus thing, I, I, I screwed it up. I messed up in your walk. You're going to have those days. You're going to have those moments. You're going to go through that. I screwed this up. He's done so much for me. And look at what I've done with it. And Jesus is constantly calling us back saying, look, I'm giving you an opportunity. I want to breathe life into you. Do you say yes? Do you say yes? Peter, at at that time, he could have said no. But he gives him an opportunity every time to say yes. He's breathing life. That same life that is being breathed into us by Jesus, we're commanded to breathe that life into those around us. whether that's our friends, our family, our neighbor, our enemy. We're we're commanded to breathe this life, this action of I'm giving life to you. So we are we are to give. And yet we're also to guard. To give means I'm giving you something. Sometimes to guard means I'm blocking you from receiving something. We're called to correct in love. And sometimes that looks like taking away from something. Taking something away from someone. But we're never to leave that that area void. We're We're called to fill that area with life. I'm taking from you this bad thing. Because I want to input. I want to inspire. I want to breathe in. This life in place of that thing. When it comes to raising children, we call it, I think it's called the, the, the law of replacement. I am saying no to this, but I'm replacing it with a yes to this. I, I'm, I'm taking away from, from you this thing so that I can input this thing. When it comes to our marriage, we're, we're taking away so that we can put in life. When it comes to our enemy, we're taking away so that we can place in life our neighbor, whoever that is, whatever. Our neighbor is just those that we come in contact with. It doesn't have to be someone you know. It can be a perfect stranger. But love gives, love guards, love corrects, love inspires We're constantly trying to perfect this thing, right? These aspects, these attributes. God has them perfected. He is perfect. This is who he is. Love is not love if God is not in it. God is love and he does all of these things. We sang about that in worship that we are his children and he is our father. So in order for us to give out this thing, we have to first receive it. We cannot give a love that we do not have. And we're not going to get it from the world. We're not going to get it at work. We're not going to get it from our family. We're not going to get it from our friends. This love is a download from God and God alone. It is His love. When we understand this love, we can walk in this love. We, when we've received it, we, then we can give it. We can't even give this love to God until we receive it from Him. So the love that we're, we're, when we sing out, God, I love you, Jesus, I love you, Father, I love you. What love are we loving Him with? We're loving Him with the love He gave us. And that's the love that he requires, is the love that he's given us. It's not something that we have to produce in ourselves, which should be great news. We don't have to produce this love. We simply receive it and give it back to him. My kids, I love to buy my kids snacks. It's, It's a thing that when we go to the store, I look forward to buying them snacks. And I usually don't buy myself anything, but I do require a piece from their bag. And now think about that. I'm buying you this big old bag of I don't know hot Cheetos or Takis or whatever they like, gummy bears, whatever they're Reese's Pieces, Skittles, Sour Skittles. You know, they just I just and so I'll give them a definite number. I want I want 3 skittles. I want 5 skittles. I want 10. I whatever it is. And and it's and sometimes it's funny to see their the heart. Sometimes it's like but what, what it's I'm like, "Dude, I just bought you this huge bag. It cost you nothing. I'm requiring something very and I provided it." If I wanted to take the whole bag and give you a peace of mind, that I mean I have every right to do that. And and we laugh, our kids, you know, they're crazy and they do stuff and you see them and you're but do we ever look at our kids and see ourselves? Our own selfishness? Like, God, you want me to do what? Like I you want me to sing out to you? You want me to lift my head? I gave you that breath to sing. I gave you that body to lift your hands. Don't forget, I'm the one that healed your body. Remember, you were on the brink. And this is the one thing I'm asking of you, and it's a big deal. We teach about tithing, and, and people will look at us like we have lost our mind. 10%? It all belongs to God. That's all he's requiring. The government requires more than that from you, and you're paying that and they don't even trust you with it. They take it out before they hand it to you. At least God trusts you. He say, look, I'm going to give you an opportunity. I'm going to let the money get into your hands and then you get to give it back to me. But man, we make such a big deal. But this thing, like, God, you want us to love this person like this? You want us to forgive like this? Yeah, like like the love I gave you. Yeah, like the forgiveness I gave you. All I'm asking is that you, what I did for you in this big scale, that you give this little portion back. We don't have to produce it. That is the gospel. That is the good news, is that what God requires of us, we don't have to produce it. We simply have to receive it and give it back obediently. Right? This is not this love gives, love guards, love corrects, love inspires. This is nothing we have to produce. This is, this is something we simply receive it, we recognize where it comes from, and we give it right back. And sometimes it's, it's, it's giving it in praise. Sometimes it's giving it in loving our neighbor. Sometimes it's giving it in loving, our, you know, the, 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 the ones around us, our enemy, whatever that is, whatever it looks like. The Lord's going to, he'll guide you. The Holy Spirit will guide you. The question is just like Peter. For every time we said no and God gives us the opportunity to say yes, do we say yes? Do we say yes? Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that that your word is true. And the love that you give us is true love. It it costs you everything. And Lord, you, you give it to us so that we can take possession of it. And recognize where it comes from. But Lord, ultimately, we're to receive with an open hand so that we can give it and that's that's our heart's desire that's our will is to be pleasing to you father you give us the grace and the the grace to love and grace is is a is a is a, is a word of power to do your will You give me the power to do what pleases you. Not permission to do what pleases myself. This grace to be able to love, this grace to be able to forgive, this grace is a power that you've given me to do your will, to do what pleases you. You've given me the power to do what pleases you. You've given me the power to love in action not just in word but in action and lord my prayer is that we can go and do this thing this is something we can act on it's not something that we just sing about and talk about it we can truly act on your love your agape love and i thank you for that i thank you this week that you give us opportunities to love others the way you've loved us in Jesus' name.
0: Hey, if this message or any of the content that we've been putting out has blessed you and you're wondering how you can partner with us in generosity, there are a couple ways to do that. You can download the Pushpay app and you can search Marigold Church and you can give that way. You could also set up reoccurring giving and it's really user-friendly. It makes it really easy to give. You could also text Marigold 77977 and give that way. We believe God moves through a generous heart. And so we would love to see what God does through you as you partner with us and as we walk through this journey together.